Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates, Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrogIsAwesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true. Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. How are we doing, Ben? We're doing okay. Um, we just straight... okay, just okay. Yeah, just okay. Um, we've got quite a lot of news this week. It's it's heavy news as yeah. well. So this is kind of going to be our um, our two main topics, yeah. if you will. We've got obviously UK Games Expo is coming up, and they've uh, released the shortlist. Of, for their awards, yeah. we we've been a bit late to the party on talking about origins because we've had a few guests and events, but we'll talk about the origins awards as well. Of course, yes. Yep. Uh, and um, there's some actual real world newsy things that are uh, impacting our little yeah little hobby as well. That uh, we were just discussing before recording. It's already being referred to as the Trump tariffs. There we go. But that is Trump as in Donald Trump. Rather yeah. than Trump, as in the, the classic the, card game. Yes, <laughs> top Trump tariffs. Yeah, that, that, the driest version of top Trumps. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll unpack that a little bit a little bit more later on. Yeah, but uh, just before we we go into things, so, so what what we've we been up to uh, lately? Well, we're straight back from Canonade and. We we did a little bargain hunt challenge when we were there. Yes, uh, our, our our listings are now live on eBay. Uh, <laughs> both of us, both of us aren't feeling a hundred percent confident that. No. I I think there will be for both of us like last minute surges because we like that. That's just the nature of eBay, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um. I mean, I think next year when we do it, we'll try and. Publicize the the auction a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, hype up the event a little bit more. Hopefully, people get on board. A I just hope we've got something to give to Andy's Man Club at the end of this. Like, a- yeah. Um. Uh, and by the way, that is the charity that we yeah. have chosen, Andy's yeah. Man Club, who do excellent work in Scotland with suicide prevention. Yeah. Um. They they've more of an emphasis on male suicide prevention because it is an epidemic levels yeah and 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 this is this stat always is it or it doesn't sound real to me but for men in our age bracket mm. i.e. under 40 the biggest killer is suicide yeah which is which is tragic because it is and it has to be the most preventable one as well you you would think so yeah um, but the, the the great thing is that there are people out there um like the guys behind nanny's man and club that are uh, taking steps to combat that. Um, I know there's another. There's a Glasgow-based charity called Brothers in Arms as well. It does a similar work. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we'll post links in the show notes so that you know if you wish to make a contribution, by all means. But uh, if you if you really want to make a contribution, uh, bid on my items. So the, the, specifically, not Ben's. Well, because I want to win this. For me, it's just about the charity. So anything. That oh, you trying to high road me? I think it worked. Yeah. <laughs> All goes. It all goes to a good cause in the end. Yeah, one helps my ego. Yeah, I don't know whether that's going to motivate people one way or the other. Probably the other. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so other news items: uh, the Age of Sigma role playing game that Cubicle Seven have been working on. Mm-hmm. Um, they they showcase some more artwork for it. Yes, this was from Warhammer Fest, wasn't it? It was. Um, it is. So they, they've officially revealed that the Age of Sigma role-playing game is going to be called Soulbound. Mm-hmm. And it will come with a starter set, some phenomenal uh, original artwork. Uh, yeah, this looks this. awesome. Um, it, it looks as though it's going to be polar opposite to Warhammer Fantasy in that it's basically like Warhammer Avengers. But also you're going to be playing like more or less like a superhero. Yeah, I mean, uh, and they, they've revealed some of the classes. Um, yep. So the two Caradron Overlord classes. The you've got the Ether Chemist, mm-hmm. who's going to be like your sort of support crowd control guy. Yep. I think you've got the Sky Rigger, who's the other Caradron guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Balloon Boy. Um, Balloony Boy. Yep. I think he's going to be like your sort of glass cannon mm-hmm. uh, heavy hitter uh, ranged guy yeah next one's my boy from Warhammer Quest yep the Excelsior War Priest he's so a good he, lad uh, healer and support yeah uh, more than likely the the, uh, the human character obviously. hopefully complete with Doggo as well yeah the uh, Griffhound yeah yeah I'm satisfied now yeah so I think I think you might be right I think you might get a, a Doggo or we'll have an option for that mm-hmm. as he progresses. Um, we've got two more Fire Slayer characters. We've got the Battlesmith, yep, who's like basically the Fire Slayer's version of a bard, mm-hmm. like big angry dude who sings songs and tells stories. I, I, I picture him singing thrash metal. Yeah. Like he's 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 covering Pantera, like pig screaming. Yeah, like, as, as he cuts people up. Yeah, he looks badass. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the Rune Smiter, uh, who's the priest. Mm-hmm. So he'll probably be a combination of support, damage dealing. Yeah. Um, basically, a sort of fill in the role of a sort of wizard archetype yeah, yeah. for the dwarfs. And then you get the Night Quester. Yes. Um, Stormcast, uh, more than likely, sort of close combat tank type mm-hmm. character. The Paladin. Uh, yeah. Um, so looks great, great artwork. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. Um, it has been delayed again, um, so we're probably not going to uh, have it in stores until spring. Mm-hmm. They're saying now, um, but hopefully we'll get a bit of a look at it at UK Games Expo. Yeah. So uh, watch the space, guys. Yeah. Right, yeah. Now, shall we chat yeah. about some awards? Well, we will we talk about origins first. Yeah, let's Seems let's let's have a look at they, them. They were announced first. Yeah. So, um, origins awards 
um, are the show awards for Origins, which takes place in June. Origins Game Fair takes place in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And the awards for the Game Fair are one of the more prestigious yeah. industry awards or, the, or show awards. Um, so, shall we shall we rattle through the the categories? There's quite a lot here, but we'll... there's a lot to take in. And just to to uh, bear in mind, these are nominate nominees. Yeah, uh, no, no one's won anything just yet. So, quite a lot of uh, games we have seen. Um, another list. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. So, board games. We've got Brass Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chronicles of Crime. Cryptid, Everdell, Gizmos, Pulsar, twenty eight forty nine, Rising Sun, Root, and Space Base. Whether there's anything uh, notable, I can't think of any notable omissions. Of course, from our, apart from our own uh, game of the year, Koi, Koi, yeah. Um, but no, certainly, certainly no surprise at all to see Brass Birmingham. Root uh, and Rising Sun on and, there, and Everdell, and Everdell, of course, yeah. Um, I think I think Gizmos has been quite popular as well. Do you know what the thing with Gizmos is? Like, I did enjoy playing it, but it didn't. It didn't, it didn't me wow me. Yeah, no. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something, but a lot of people have really like it. It's a, it's a really it's, it's a really it's, polished game, but it's it, it's a very nice looking game, yeah. yeah. Uh and it plays well. Yeah. Um I don't know, maybe I'm being too fussy now. <laughs> but I'm I, now a man of discriminating yes. taste. Yes. But um but yeah, yeah, I, I'm again like I'm not entirely surprised to see it nominated as well. Nice to see Chronicles of Crime nominated. Yeah. Uh I I um, I've not had a chance to play yeah, it, but it's one that I, I, I really think want it, to. I like I like the idea of um, integrating the, the mobile augment, app, yeah, the augmented reality. Yeah. Um, right. So we haven't played all of these. We haven't played most of these. Let's be no, fair. That that always <laughs> happens, right? Um, Root's really good. I can I can tell you that if, right, right now. Okay. Um, if you had to put your money on one as the winner, what do you reckon? I mean, I, I, Root has a lot of buzz around it. I, I one of the big Kickstarter successes of recent years as well. Yeah. In terms of, it was a big Kickstarter that turned out to actually be a good game. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and it's it's just a very impressively designed game as well. Uh, the fact that all the factions play very differently, but yeah. it does feel balanced at the same time. That. I, I, how, how do they? It's not. This isn't a vote of the att- from the attendees, is it? This no, is judges. Um, there's a fan favorite award. Yeah, um, but the rest of them are, are judged by a panel. I believe they are. Yeah, they're well. They're voted on by members of the Academy of Adventure, Gaming, Arts, and Design. Apparently. I'm still waiting for my invite to yeah. that academy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, can't be that prestigious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would say um, my, my money's probably on route for that. Yeah, uh, a lot of buzz about brass as well, but we'll we'll, we'll see. I think I think the standouts, um, you know, as much as they're they're all good good games in their own right. Um, yeah, I th- I think the front runners are probably 
Root, Everdell, maybe Brass. Okay. But I, th- I think it's probably going to be Root. All right. Well, moving on to card games. Card games, we've got Anatomy Flux, mm-hmm. Choose Your Own Adventure, House of Danger, Dark Souls, the card game, Get the McGuffin, Maiden's Quest, The Mind, and Villainous. Easy money's on the mind yeah. for that. Uh, collectible games, we've got uh, Card Fight, Vanguard, Unite, Team Q4 Booster, mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Ball Super Miraculous Revival Booster, these names. Oh, I love it. Heroclix X-Men Xavier School, yep. Keyforge Call of the Archons Archon Deck, Lightseekers uh-huh. Mythical Expansion, Magic the Gathering Dominaria Booster, Pokemon Forbidden Light Booster, Star Wars Destiny Legacies Booster Pack. Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions Trading Card Game and Yu-Gi-Oh! Legendary Collection Kaiba Box. I mean, this is basically like a who's who of the big uh, trading card games, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's probably going to be Keyforge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I, I, I mean, I don't know how, uh, how they voted on this. Am I right in thinking Magic won it last year? One of the I can't remember, but then we there. I don't think I wouldn't be surprised if they won it last year, because it's only been over the past year mm. that there's been a couple of new entrants into the collectible card game. Really, yeah. Um, Star Wars Destiny's quite a strong. It's following. got a, it's got a big following, yeah. Um, but I I think that based on uh, the the buzz that there's been about it, I, th- I think that that's usually a good indication of the yeah. way that the or, the Origins Awards go is what's had the most buzz. Um, I, I would say probably Keyforge. It's interesting to me that they've chosen Dominaria for Magic: The Gathering. Um, I, I don't disagree with it. Dominaria is an excellent expansion, but yeah. uh, so was um, Return to Return to Ravnica. Miniatures games, so something we know this is the, yeah, the, we we can we can sink our teeth into yeah, this one. We know a lot about this one, so we've got. Uh, I'll rattle through the list and then we'll talk about them. Uh, Fallout Wasteland Warfare, mm-hmm. uh, Kill Team, Kings of War Vanguard, Necromunda, A Song of Ice and Fire, tabletop miniatures game, and Star Wars Legion. Interesting that GW have two games in this category. Um, yeah, I really rate Kill Team. Um, I, uh, I like I. I almost feel guilty though for like, like for like suggesting that GW games should be winning like the best miniatures game because they are so massive in that field. But at the same time, I think I would be giving it to Kill Team. I don't. I, the the only thing I will caveat that with is I haven't played Star Wars Legion. I've not played Star Wars Legion yet, but at the same time, it's one of these ones where there was a huge deal made about it mm-hmm. um, around the time that it launched. Yeah, and then nothing. I don't, like. Yeah, I. I, I, I I'm I, not. I, I'm not saying that it is now irrelevant, but it it, it is interesting when you consider X Wing mm-hmm. has always had a very strong and very vocal following. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars Legion, there was this big flash and then fizzled. Yeah. Yeah. Um very expensive to get into Star Wars Legion, which they, they maybe priced themselves 
out of the the game with that one. Yeah, Com- and cer- certainly compared to the other miniatures games. And right, that that was the other thing I was going to point out about the two GW games is they're two of the smaller yeah games that you can get into. There's de- there's been a definite shift with um, uh, miniature war gaming uh, towards uh, smaller, quicker games. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think it- that might create an opening though for like some of these massive battle games? Like a craving to, oh, to get that like Warhammer Eighth Edition there, feel. There's always going to be a counterculture. Yeah. Um, the good thing about most of the, certainly it's a strength of the Games Workshop games is that they they scale quite well. Yeah. Um, because both Age of Sigmar, um, well, Age of Sigmar is getting Warcry soon, mm-hmm. which is going to be like a, a more fleshed out. Uh, small squad mm-hmm. game um, but the, there are rules for uh, skirmish with Age of Sigmar um, and you can play way up to yeah massive battles ridiculous points values and likewise with 40k like that they're about to release a new edition of Apocalypse yeah. which is all about stupid big games so yeah um, what would you put your money on then in this category I I think it's probably between Kill Team and Necromunda yeah, Necromunda's um, they, got a lot of nostalgia factor to it. It's not just that. It's I I thought that Kill Team was the game, and in in my ignorance for a long time, I thought that um, Kill Team had eclipsed Necromunda. Mm-hmm. But the more people I speak to, Necromunda still got a really strong following. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and people I, love that setting though. I, as well. I think I think Necromunda um, has a, a meteor rule set. Yeah, and certainly it is designed more with campaign play in mind, which I think is uh, a huge attraction. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Uh, I I think it is a strength of Kill Team that it is basic, but at the same time, like you, you were talking earlier about how, you know, you if the market goes one way, you're always going to have like that reaction. Blue one to go the other, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, um, although they are both skirmish games I, th- I think they are quite different in tone I think the only other one that I'd, I'd consider in the, again with the caveat that I haven't played Star Wars Legion uh, would be Wasteland Warfare but you guys you, you've played more of it than I have and mm-hmm. it, it's good but not great I think is yeah it was okay it, yeah. it was one of those ones where um, I, I felt that they were it's more a problem you get with role playing games mm. But then it, it's Modifius that um, designed it. Yeah. So it it might it might be why this particular problem appears. It felt like it was trying to be different for the sake of being different, rather than trying to come up with an elegant, Aye. innovative uh, combat system. And it it would like the dice are a lot like the the dice you get for like the. Um, you know, like Legend of the Five Rings, and like yeah. the Star Wars role playing game where it's unique dice with all these symbols on them. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's just easier with numbers. Sometimes it is. I mean, it was okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'd said to you after I'd played Wasteland Warfare and I'd then played Kill Team that were it not for the fact that Kill Team exists, I would still play Wasteland Warfare. But we live in a world where Kill Team is the thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I I really do think it's between the two okay, no. Games Workshop ones there again. Song of Ice and Fire we played, um, 
disappointing. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, disappointing. Sorry, lovely miniatures. Yeah, phenomenal miniatures. Yeah, actually, um, I think of of all the, uh, you know, with excluding the Games Workshop games, I think of all of the new miniatures games that came out last year, the Song yeah. of Ice and Fire ones were were the best. Right. Uh, so, UK Games Expo shortlist. Uh, we've got um, a very different type of category now. And uh, the notably, these games have to be exhibiting at UK Games Expo to be eligible. Yes, they do. Which is kind of fair. Yeah. Uh, so, we've got best abstract game. Um, so, for each of these categories, there's only three yeah. nominations. Nice and brief. Yeah. So, best ab- abstract game, we've got... Dragon Castle, Azul, and Bad Bones. I would bet my left arm on Azul winning that. Yeah. I, I think that's a safe... I hope it's a safe bet. Uh, I, do you know what? Um, someone <laughs> wants to take me on that. I'm, I'm that confident. If, 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 someone, if someone takes me up on that, right, I, I, will, I will sever my left arm and post it to someone. That is how confident I am at Azul winning that. I really hope the judges are listening. To <laughs> um, I, I I would agree though. Yeah, Azul, uh, best children's game. No, yeah, I not a clue that, here. I know, right, uh, Zombie Kids Evolution. Okay, who did it? Who did it? Which uh, depicts uh, on the cover uh, a number of pets looking quite sheepish, and one of them's done a poo on the carpet. Yeah, which uh, all right. <laughs> there we go. Um, and then Schneck de Whoop. I love it. There's two snails on yeah, the Yeah, I love it. I've no idea. Man, no, I have no idea. I'm, I'm annoyed. Uh, best family game. Mm-hmm. We've got Ticket to Ride New York, Honga, and the Tea Dragon Society card game. Haven't had a chance to play any of these, but I did hear a lot of good things about Ticket to Ride New York. Yeah, likewise. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of it, it, it's it's a version of Ticket to Ride that doesn't outstay its welcome. Yeah, is what I've been told. Um, Tea Dragon Society was nominated in the Origins Awards as well. That's true. So. Right. so, who knows? Who knows? Uh, we've got best miniature range. We've got Battlestar Galactica Starship Battles, mm-hmm. Wildlands, The Adventuring Party, and Frostgrave. Frostgrave Wizards. Uh, best Miniatures Rules. Uh, Battlestar Galactica Starship Battles. There is someone in the judges who loves Battlestar. Yeah. Evidently. And that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Ragnarok Heavy Metal Combat in the Viking Age. I mean, that wins just on the name alone. And Rebels and Patriots Wargaming Rules for North America. Okie doke. I like the fact that there's a historical, historical yeah. game in there. Yeah. I like that. Anyway, we're getting into uh, some more uh, more reasonable territory here. Best new board game, American style. Forbidden Sky, Chronicles of Crime, and Arkham Horror Third Edition. I think this could be won by any of the three. Yeah, I think. I I, um, I think Chronicles of Crime should win it. Uh, I think they've all been very well received. Yeah. Uh, best new board game, Euro style. We've got Quacks of Quedlinburg, Spacegate Odyssey, and Architects of the West Kingdom. Uh, Architects is great, right? Oh, no, no, rather, I've heard Architects is great. 
but I'd love I'd love to see Quacks win this. Yeah, I I think Quacks will probably win it. Um, Architects has a lot of uh, very vocal, yeah, uh, very vocal fans. I think it'll be be. I think it will be between those two. Yeah, sorry, Space Gate Odyssey. But <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, strategic game. Um, Root again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warhammer Quest Blackstone Fortress. Ah, okay. Yeah. I wouldn't really have placed that it's as a, a strategic dungeon crawler, game. maybe. But I, yeah. I don't. Didn't didn't they put uh, Shade Spire in as a strategic game? Yeah, they did last year. Because but that a, actually is a strategic yeah. game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's too weird it being there. And then the third one is Victorian Masterminds. Yeah. Uh, I think Root's got to win this one, right? I would say yeah. so. Um, best new card game general. Um, we have The Mind, Monsters vs. Heroes, Victorian Nightmare, and Unlock 3, Secret Adventures. Again, The Mind is going to win this. The Mind has only really been nominated for anything because it was nominated for, for Spiel DR. <laughs> That's the only reason anyone is aware that it exists. I'm, it's true. I don't know. I think there's some people who are aware of its existence because Duncan hates it so much. No one was talking about it until it was nominated. <laughs> they weren't. Uh, we have uh, Best New Card Game Strategic. Hey, we've got uh, Ruthless on here. Ruthless, Tetris Speed, and Arboretum. Arboretum's meant to be really good. It's also been out for a while. Yeah. I don't know when it came out, but... I've not played it, but I've heard a lot of good things about Arboretum. I like Ruthless, but it's flawed. Yeah. Um, and I've not played Tetris Speed. Mm-hmm. But I, would, I think it's probably going to be Arboretum. Yeah. Uh, best party game, we've got Decrypto, Mackie Stack, and 20 Second Showdown. Not played any of these, <laughs> but Decrypto is meant to be really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to be Decrypto. And I feel like we're getting into the technical awards here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. We'll, just, we'll rattle through them. <laughs> best role playing adventure, <laughs> Peterson's Abominations. Uh, the Cthulhu. That's, right. that, that's called a Cthulhu. Peterson's abominations. Yeah. I feel. I feel like the context is important. <laughs> uh, the Cthulhu hack, Valkyrie Nine, mm-hmm. and the laughter of dragons for the One Ring. All right. Just looking at the RPG nominees, um, it's very different to the Origins ones though, in general. Right? Yeah, that's true. There's um, no Vampire Masquerade here. It's, with the with board games and card games, there tends to be like quite a bit of consensus. Mm. But like as you say, stuff's pretty different. It could just be that this is the, um, the the stuff that was submitted to the judges. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sorry, yeah. Um, the, I think the other thing with RPGs that you have to bear in mind as well, right? You can you can probably get a decent idea on how good or bad a board game is after playing it a couple of times. An RPG, you have to commit. Yeah. a lot of time to to even start to get a feel for it. At the same time though there's a couple of systems that I've played where we've just done character creation in one session and you've got a good idea of how well you're going to get along with it. Yeah. Legends of the Five Rings is uh, uh, to be fair it was the beta that we played Aye. but Legends of the Five Rings is 
very complicated. Yeah, was that a bit too heavy? Yeah, I'd say so. I always feel quite out of touch with the the industry when I see these award nominations. I don't know. Like, well, I I think the thing is again, like, there's so the 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 hobby has become so big now and so vast. There's so many different games that get released in a given year to play. You're never going to touch all of them. No. Or even half. I right. think I think as well... Unless it was your full-time job. I think as well, considering the way that the pricing's going, uh, the fact as well that um, whether or not it's true, there, there's quite a bit of speculation that, um, that some companies uh, deliberately mm. uh, throttle supply to... To increase yeah, hype to... and demand. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's necessarily conspiracy territory. I, I think that, that that's a genuine sales tactic that a lot of companies um, employ. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a good little segue onto the final little thing we need to talk about, which is the tariff debacle. On the 10th of May, uh, China and the US met to... Uh, renegotiate their trade agreement they'd butt heads yeah yeah um for for those who aren't aware there's been quite a bit of posture in between the u.s and china for a long time um particularly since donald trump has has took office and 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 right i i, I to be fair to donald didn't think i would ever ever say that but to be fair to donald trump this started happening uh, during Obama's yeah. time. But this is but but it this was a campaign pledge of his. It was a he, campaign yeah. pledge of his, but I I don't know why anyone was surprised that when the world concentrated all of its manufacturing in China, yeah, that China emerged as a superpower after that. Yeah, funny that. Yeah. Who who knew? Yeah. Um so the the I don't think anyone can really dispute that the the big two in the world at the moment are the US and and China mm-hmm. as far as um, global economies go. Um, they they met on the tenth to renegotiate their uh, their trade deal. Surprise, surprise! It went badly. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is not a good negotiator. Um, I think even if you support the man, you have to concede that point. Um, he was not happy that China wanted to rework some of the terms of the agreement. Okay. And in response, increased uh, tariffs on several Chinese imports by 25%. A lot, basically, a lot, yeah. yeah. Um, And China have acted in kind. Yep. So... How does this affect our thing? So, I, that's it's an obvious question, but like what, uh, one of the things that, worth explaining. One of the things that um, that was articulated within uh, the the tariff increases, um, without going into the specifics of mm-hmm. it, was um, toys and games, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, it, where it's not directly affecting us because it's imports from China to the US mm-hmm. it will inevitably have a knock-on effect for 
the the rest of the the industry. Right, because just because we're the UK and that's not our thing, we import games from the United States, yep. which in turn import components from China. Yeah, so you've got this little chain going yeah. on. Um, it, it means potentially over the next couple of months, unless uh, that's renegotiated, that we could be seeing another price hike in the hobby. Mm-hmm. Which is not good. That because... coupled with um, a little bit of the chaos that Brexit has caused as well. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty in the business world at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's not great because uh, the Kickstarter market has already changed the way that uh, pricing works in the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of companies saw that people were happy to pay over a hundred pounds on Kickstarter for a game, and have been doing similar things with uh, direct to retail releases. And I think that trend towards premium prices within games, on top of this trade tariff debacle, mm-hmm. it's not looking great. So right, so to play devil's advocate, yeah. Um, is this not just suppl- uh, the the whole thing with the pricing of games? Is this not just supply and demand? There's a demand for games. People are willing to pay a price for it. So if you were a manufacturer that, or a maker of games, then why wouldn't you charge that? There's an argument for that, but then there's also the economy of scale. There's an yeah. argument for that as well, isn't there? That when when there's so many people that want to get into games, because there's a, I mean, there's a lot of games now that they're not producing enough of them to mm-hmm. meet demand. So there's definitely a, a very big market for for these sorts of games. Um, a certain element of wisdom in your bank pounds, not profit, uh, not percentage. Yeah. So, and, and anyone that that knows about manufacturing in in China, that all works mm-hmm. by the economy of scale. That it, it it will be cheaper for you to commission a yeah. print run of hundreds than it would be to commission a print run of one. Well, this is, yeah, and uh, Mark McKinnon, they uh, did uh, Wreck and Ruin when that game was being fulfilled. He this is exactly what he was saying because yeah. he he did his research and he knew that to make it cost effective, he needed to order X number of units. Yeah. So the the rise in price in board games has a lot to do with greed mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a lot to do also with um, rising costs in manufacturing. Certainly, I, I don't think that, that China uh, was as cheap as it used to be for a, mul- a multitude of reasons. Yeah, and and, and this it, it, I, I think we shouldn't blame this. In t- uh, obviously, the tariffs are going to have a big impact on this. But, you know, the, the living standards in China are increasing and in turn... Their their labor force demand more. They want to get paid more, which drives up the costs of uh, of manufacturing. Yeah, because it's one of the things that that has been spoken out about for a long time with regards to um, Chinese manufacturing is the, the the problem is that the reason that manufacturing is so cheap in China is because a lot of the workers, quite frankly, are exploited there. Yeah, they work horrendous hours for a pittance of what people get paid in other parts mm-hmm. of the world um, 
What's interesting is a lot of the manufacturing's moving to India. Yeah. Because and it's Chinese people running manufacturing in India. So they're taking what they've had in China and they're getting the even cheaper labor. And, and, and this but this is what I'm saying about the rise in living standards over in it, China is going to become a first world country at yeah. some point, you know, much like Japan did. Yeah. Um and then they're gonna need their stuff manufactured for cheap somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so and unfortunately, um I don't think living standards in India are getting better fast no. and the I think they're set to overtake China as the most populous country in the world. Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, because the, the birth rate's through the roof in mm-hmm. India at the moment. So, there you go. A little bit of... Uh, yeah, global politics. Bloody hell, how yeah. heavy. Um, the, the, the silver lining in all of this is that um, China are open to renegotiating with Trump. Yeah. And apparently they, they did uh, write a letter in the hope of reaching some sort of accord. Is it, uh, ultimately, uh, and this is why World War Three hasn't happened, by the way, uh, ultimately the US and China are to a degree reliant on each other. Oh, I know. So, they, they, are, they are completely reliant on each other. So, you know, that's... For as long as that ha- that 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 status quo exists, there will be a resolution at so some point. What what it amounts to is the the US have billions and billions of dollars of debt to China, mm-hmm. but China is so dependent on the US as a trade partner that they can't. Yeah, they can't use that call against it in. them. Yeah. <laughs> Mutually assured destruction. Yes, just without the nuclear warheads. Yeah, that's it. Much better. Uh, right, and on that note, <laughs> guys, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, until next time, take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>